Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Thanks very much for downloading us as always. Uh, we had, uh, making a first appearance, was uh, a comedian with a very, int- very interesting yeah. sporting backstory. Uh, joined us in the studio. So uh, you'll hear from her. She was good. She was good. Uh, we're also, um, well, we, we brought you some stuff. Yeah, we had a bit of a chat about the weekend. Um, John Norman reminded of his, of his days uh, producing this show, our cricket correspondent, The Poor Soul. And uh, also we had some Clips of the Week pewter, which we did. Uh, generated a clip of its own. So here it all is. <laughs> Seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And we're a very interesting afternoon of cricket is likely to unfold, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It could be good. Uh, both sides, they need to score quickly. We need to take wickets. Um, it could draw still favourite, I think, because it looks quite benign. But we'll see. Could be exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched two games of football on the weekend. One was really good and had a lot of point to it, and the other was completely pointless. Okay. Yeah, soccer aid, that was great. Yeah. Uh, England, not so good. No, look, I'll be honest, I was not not unentertained, if that's a word. I I, I didn't hate the England game. I've seen much worse nil-nils than that. There was enough to kind of keep Mm, you interested. No, not for you. It's like watching that film, they shoot horses, don't they? Honestly. <laughs> I know. They're so yeah, the flogged. players are flogged. It's Although, just pointless. Not according Ma- to Calvin Phillips. I turned on and Mason Mount was playing. Well, players will never admit that, will they? You know, they love playing football. You mm. know, they play 100 games a year if you let them. But um, I see Mount was playing. Okay. You've got to be joking. This is his 62nd game. What about Mason Mount? Do you not know, Gareth Southgate, that you couldn't give him a rest? Yeah. You couldn't give him a day off? I find it ridiculous. It's, I know he's a good player and everything, but, you know, you're just flogging him into the ground. Do you want him to be any good in, in, in Qatar or do you just want him flogged? Come on, look, he's got three weeks off. Surely he can... Uh... <laughs> 62 games it's it's ludicrous it I was, I, I've got to be honest Andy, I was surprised he started yeah I do agree with that but look it was um, one or two I mean he's looking very good Ooh. every time Jared Bowen gets involved he makes a difference he's this... been the one reason why you could say these games have been worthwhile they're, everything else has been an utter waste of time not that you know they're more entertaining than friendlies they are but they're yeah. still Kevin De Bruyne agrees with me he says they've got too Does much really? weight to them did yeah. he phone you and tell you he did he rang me up he said I agree with you about the Nations League yes he said uh, this is what he said to me. Mm. Can... What did he say to I you? I wrote it down. No, the papers got a hold of it as well, didn't they? <laughs> they did. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> he said, um, I can understand why you want to eliminate the friendly games. Why does he speak to you in such a formal way? 
over the telephone. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Hello, Andy. I can understand why you want to eliminate the friendly games, but sometimes it's also a good chance for others to get an opportunity. At which point I said, oh, yeah, I agree, Kevin. I do. And he says, anyway, how's Sue? <laughs> he did. I yeah, said, yeah. not too how bad. How the boys? I feel playing for the Nations League. For a lot of countries, gives it less opportunity because it becomes a little bit more important than they actually are. I understand what a bit of a one way. Does he just phone you up and sort of talk to you like you're a journalist? He does very much. And then, <laughs> and you say, all right, Kev, you say, no, Kev, we've known each other long enough for you to talk to me properly. It would be great when players, I mean, we've heard um, Holland say that he, he's always been a City fan. We've got pictures, his yeah, dad yeah, played yeah. there. Well, he did. No, no, true, yeah, yeah. no, of course. I yeah. mean, you know, we've heard plenty of players that have always been my dream to play for this club, yeah. but, you know, he has, he has proven it, I think. But it would be very interesting if every player that joined the club, you know, when you, you want to become... Uh, if you want to kind of move to a country, you have to take a citizenship test. You yeah. have to answer questions about that country. That's a good idea. If you ever wanted to join a football club, then you had to answer questions. Mm-hmm. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, it's so, good. Uh, we said, well, we got all the contract done. It's uh, it's half a million quid <laughs> a week, obviously netto and uh, <laughs> a house, and uh, you know we're paid and a signing on fee. Just just really, we're going to go through your answers that you gave earlier on. Num- answer number one. Uh, Neil Young against Leicester. Yeah, well done. You got that absolutely right. Number two, Glyn Pardo. Yeah, well done. Well done there. Number three, Fred Air. Yeah, blimey, that would be good. Wouldn't good it? It would be, be fantastic. Uh, number four, Terry Phelan. Marvellous idea. Uh, and then horses came on the field. Yeah, well remembered. He's adding extra information. That would be good, wouldn't it? Very, Very good. Yeah. That's, Join your club uh, to answer ten questions it's uh, true. Uh, on the team. So now I had a mad uh, incident over there. I'm doing this. This is a sort of touchstone. If the other listeners can think about it, I saw somebody mention on Twitter a game mm. between Brazil and Wales at White Hart Lane, which I went to. Oh right, okay. Now, I think it finished two 0 to Brazil, and I just I've got a couple of tickets uh, for the match. Went along, watched Wales play Brazil at White Hart mm. Lane, and I remember there was a great goal by the left back in that match. And um, I, I thought to myself, I wonder if he trained on, because there's been plenty of Brazilian players over mm. the years that, you know, Viola, of course, from the 94 World Cup, already said he was going to be the next big thing, mm. disappear without trace. So I remember this guy scoring this great, great goal uh, and playing very, very well, looking like the future. And I thought, did he ever train on? So I, I looked up what his name was, because I'd completely forgotten, and it was Marcelo Junior. And I thought, it's... Is that Marcelo as we know him? Yeah. Sure enough, it was. Wow. I'd completely forgotten. That was his debut against Wales at White Hart Lane was his debut. He just left Real Madrid yesterday. Yeah, he He had, um, maybe that's why it was in the news. I mean, Mm. he he looked different, had incredibly short hair at the time. That's why it didn't register. But I remember sitting there with my mate watching that game saying, God, this guy's mustard, you know. And uh, sure enough, I think it's fair to say he did train on. That's good scouting by you. Any play, well, that was pretty obvious. (laughs) Uh, um, If you've you've forgotten completely. Tim claims Lionel Messi. Yeah, Honestly, he does. Yeah, I, th- I don't think Lionel Messi would have succeeded if he hadn't. Not been for false Tim gold, real gold. Of course, we all know the Tim karaoke around that, particularly the under sixteen World Cup or whatever it was. But if you've um, if you've completely forgotten, you saw a player in an embryonic stage. Do let mm. us know because I thought that was very weird. How can I have seen Marcelo's debut and not realised it was the same guy? He looks a bit different. Well, that's didn't true. That? He's, he didn't yeah. have the hair then. Fair enough. But I maybe should have looked at him. Anyway, mm. that takes us nowhere. One of the things we do want to hear from you on very quickly today is the Overtons. Uh, one <laughs> one Overton bowled to another Overton uh, at the weekend. Brained him. Yeah. Uh, Craig was bowling to his brother and whacked him no, on the, the other end. way round. Oh, the Jamie. other way. Sorry, Jamie was bowling to Craig and uh, they had to have uh, like a concussion check on him. Yeah. 
his own brother. Yeah, well, he's probably, he's pretty hostile. He's probably angry that his brother's in the England setup, and he isn't. And he, yeah, well, because a lot of people rate him, think he deserves a chance. Yeah, and you were saying it, that the other day, yeah. weren't you, to John Norman? Uh, we'll be making regular visits to uh, John at Trent Bridge throughout the afternoon. He's delicately poised. Um, a couple of early wickets could make a huge difference. Joe Root yesterday, guys, sensational, yeah, form, brilliant. So, um, if you want to get in touch, uh, injuring the family, whether uh, ideally sporting, but it doesn't have to be. We'll, we'll go a bit wider than that. There are ways, other ways you injured members of your family. Talksport.com, text eight ten eighty nine, tweet T S H and J. That'll kick us off this afternoon. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, don't forget, you can hear coverage of Leicester Tigers versus Saracens in the Gallagher Premiership final live on TalkSport this Saturday. We'll be bringing you all the pre-match build-up from 12 from the famous Grouse Clubhouse, followed by live coverage of the main event from Twickenham Stadium from 2. That's all thanks to the famous Grouse, the UK's number one whiskey, myself and... Andy will be in the famous Grouse yeah. Clubhouse at Twickenham. Looking forward to bringing you that uh, pre-match show from 12. I watched the semi-final for a bit of research. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. quite entertaining. Saracens mm. uh, there once. We're playing Saracens at cricket, aren't we? Uh, in a we couple are, of yeah. Time, which will be an experience. They, uh, yeah, I don't know if we told the listeners about that. was uh, Jamie George, our old mate... Um, um, Perry Groves? Perry Groves, yeah. Perry Groves keeping wicket um, with a, a, a four cans of Heineken behind him where the helmet normally sits. <laughs> four cans of Heineken in him. I'd yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, think, yeah. So I think more than that. Started uh, started chirping at Jamie George. You took it quite well initially. He was mm. having a bit of a laugh about it. And then after a while, he looked back and he went, you're all right, mate. And we thought, <laughs> it's going to go now, off. Now, you might think you can outrun him, yeah. Perry. But I don't think you can. No, I didn't think he's a big either. man and he's in shape. Uh, to, <laughs> it's true. Uh, paraphrase Michael Caine. Anyway, uh, I do hope you can join us on Saturday from twelve. Um, let's head to Trent Bridge. Uh, fascinating Test match unfolding. Um, John Norman is there watching it happen. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, thank you. I mean, look, uh, so here we are, New Zealand uh, lead by sixty-one, forty-seven for one. I mean, if if you're calling it now, you know who's in the box seat. Well, I think a draw is favourite from here. Um, I can't see New Zealand winning it, though. I mean, essentially, they would have to either set a target for England or, or be bowled out um, and then bowl England out on a pitch which, you know, hasn't yielded too many wickets. But pressure does a funny thing, doesn't it? And uh, certainly the pressure's on New Zealand, despite uh, a decent second-wicket partnership. Between Conway and Young, the two have put on 43, 43 for the second wicket. And look, the new ball, it, the new ball is now 18 overs old. We've got Jack Leach at one end, Matthew Potts at the other. Two relatively comfortable batsmen. And it's, it's not quite as gloomy here as it was. The floodlights were on earlier. They've just been switched off. So you'd have to say it's going back the way of a draw. But the fact that we're even talking about that when, you know, New Zealand scored such a high score in first innings is is quite remarkable and the reason of that is because of the innings yesterday from Ben Stokes as well as uh, the run scored by the likes of Pope and Rue and the fact that you know of 24 chances created nine of them were dropped so this game should be much further ahead than it is I was thinking about right that now. John do you think that's to do with Trent Bridge because both sides fielded brilliantly at Lords, and the fact that both sides are doing it suggests yeah. that there's something going on there and also the drops were in very mm. similar parts of the field. So there was uh, obviously, f I think, three chances went down at first slip. 
Uh, there was uh, one at Long Off and there was one at Deep Square Leg, which comes to mind. You know, so, you know, that's that kind of indicates it's uh, it is a ground problem. I was actually chatting to Harmy about it. He said and also listening to Moeen Ali as well. Uh, and they're saying that uh, this ground is one of the worst grounds. Also, it has been gloomy. It's been really gloomy, actually. So, you know, I guess it's it can't just be uh, it can't just be one of those things. But saying that England and New Zealand caught everything, they were always going to drop a couple along the way, weren't they? And maybe a little bit of tiredness as well. Yeah. You know, if you're in the field for that amount of time, the concentration um, goes uh, a little bit. It's back-to-back tests, the nature of that. So I think all things combined. But yeah, it's still, I mean, nine of 24 chances to go down. I can't remember that that mm. occurring yeah, too it's frequently. It's interesting, Moan Ali suggesting that he might come back. Brendan McCullum, he's old mates with him and... He, you know, he phoned him and said, you know, what do you think? And there's some talk about maybe even going to Pakistan as well mm. later this year. Interesting, John. Yeah, there, it is interesting. And you can see that Moeen Ali would be a Brendan McCullum kind of player. You know, it would certainly strengthen the batting as well, which is a bit of a problem. Um, and he's a wicket-taking bowler, isn't he? But mm. something doesn't quite... There's two things that don't quite sit right with all this. Firstly, Moeen Ali's on duty doing cricket commentary for uh, TMS and mm. he's essentially commentating on the bloke that's place he might take. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair to him, he did say that, he did say, you know, these boys are in the box seat, you know. Well, yes, uh, so fair enough. Know, but... It'd have to be a situation mm. where they couldn't play for me to be involved. So to be fair to him, he wasn't nicking their place, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I found, I found that a little odd. The other thing, and I love Moeen, I had a chat with him yesterday. He was at the um, Champions League final, by the way. He said it was if it, that was the only game he'd ever been to, he'd never go to a football game again. He wow. said it was absolutely horrendous. He's a mm. he's a huge Liverpool mm, fan, yeah. but essentially, what I what doesn't quite sit with me is the fact that he didn't travel to Australia. Okay, so he he retired before the Ashes. Now we know that he had a terrible Ashes in the seventeen. 18 and then he had a terrible ashes in 2019 essentially home and away it hasn't worked for him playing against australia he stopped playing test cricket this is a guy that's been mucked around by england for many years by the way so that's fair dues i understood what he what he did but to essentially come back and say oh yeah a trip to pakistan sounds sounds pretty tasty I don't know. I just, I, I don't, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to retire again at the end of Pakistan? Because the Aussies are back next year. You know, is he going to play against Australia next year? So, mm. you know, I would want an assurance from Moeen. Because if he comes back, that's the end of Jack Leach's career, essentially test career, as far as I can see it. Um, so if he comes back, and sure, who wouldn't like to see Moeen Ali playing test cricket again for England? You want to see the best players and you want to see attacking, attractive kind of players. And he's a good guy. But, you know, he can't just pop back because they're going to Pakistan. <laughs> and then, oh, the Aussies are back. Oh, well, no, that's me done. Yeah. So I think you need some assurances from him that if he's going to come back, he's going to start playing Red Bull cricket for Worcestershire again. He's going to, you know, he's going to put the, uh, the work in and... You know, when it comes to the PSL, which he's played for the last two years, which coincides with a trip to New Zealand, is he going to be playing in the PSL or is he going to be going to New Zealand? So, mm. yep, yeah, love to see it. But, you know, I think it works two ways on that one. All right, John, thanks very much. Cheers, uh, guys. Since we've been chatting, 50 up for New Zealand, 51. Yeah, it's interesting figures there. Their spinner turned the ball more, drifted the ball more than Root and Leach. So yeah. Uh, we could do with a bit of an improvement in that department. New Zealand now lead by 65. I mentioned earlier on, that um, somebody put up a, a bit of footage of uh, a Wales-Brazil game at White Hart Lane that I went to a few years back. 
completely forgotten that the left back we saw that day who scored a great goal and looked brilliant. I, I was checking whether he trained on or not, and it was Marcelo or Marcelo Junior. He was he was known as then, mm. and I'd completely forgotten it was him. Um, and you've been telling us about pretty similar experiences. This one here, John says, um, yeah, I saw Steve Morrison's debut, Bishop Stortford, away at Harrow Borough in the Ishmian Premier League. There was 189 people there. He was rubbish, he says. Sorry, Steve, if you're listening. <laughs> Dyer, he adds. But 58 matches on, he was a star. Moved on to better things. Of course, Premier League, Norwich, Leeds, Millwall and Wales. You never know, dear, but sometimes you see these guys at that uh, stage. Sometimes you forget you've even seen them. There was another one like that. Uh, where's it gone? Yeah, I took my letter to see Brazil, Egypt, 2012 Olympics in Cardiff. Saw Neymar score, but thought nothing of it at the time. But there was a teenage Mo Salah scoring for Egypt. There you go. It was my son who reminded me years later when he signed for Liverpool. So I remember well. seeing him in Chelsea and De Bruyne. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, <laughs> a young Mo Salah and a young Kevin De Bruyne. You saw him play at Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Did you know they were going to be good players? Yes, I did. <laughs> did Jose Mourinho? No. Yeah, clearly not. Not my fault, he always tells us. Oh, anyway, yeah. we move on. We're going to be chatting to uh, a comedian who uh, could have played pro golf. She'll tell us more about that shortly. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. For Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Still to come uh, today, we'll be chatting to Craig Foster, the former Australian midfielder, played for Palace and Pompey as well. Mm. They've got a big game tonight, Australia. Uh, against Peru to decide who goes uh, for the World Cup. So we'll be catching up in with Qatar. Where else? Of course, <laughs> indeed, the home of football. Uh, but now we uh, chat to a comedian who could have been lost to the world of golf uh, back in the day. She went to university in the States and, uh, and played there. But, uh, well, she's just started playing again. More on that. In a moment, it's uh, Hannah Fairweather. Good afternoon, Hannah. Good to see you. Hi, good to see Thanks you too. for coming Thanks for in. Me. Mm. So, yeah, we t- we've been talking off here. We're going to be repeating ourselves slightly, but your story is an interesting one. As I said, you were pretty serious. You were born in Scotland, weren't you? That's right. Indeed. Moved to Australia. Was pretty serious about your golf. Ended up you say, at, a, at a religious university in South Carolina. <laughs> Indeed. And, yeah, religious university in America mean, means mean serious religion yeah. <laughs> not not the same as it is here um so yeah it's quite 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 the experience so what was it to, to get past um let's call it an audition to get through the audition to get into that uni was it did they sort of size up your religious chops at the same time <laughs> um quite the opposite i um i remember when i was recruited by by the coach because I was, I was doing quite well on, on the australian uh, circuit and he um he kind of had seen heard of me um recruited me for his team and i i kind of asked about uh, about what the religion at the university was like and he was like you you won't notice it at all um so yeah quite quite the opposite of (laughs) southern baptist what what, what was it yeah yeah um yeah it was um and it was uh yeah like pray praying before before every class praying before every golf tournament not that that helped um but (laughs) yes wow so but what a great experience. So you were just playing very well in Australia and like they do in a lot of sports, they kind of come over and they offer scholarships to talented athletes in different sports. And that's how it came about, yeah? Yeah, um, I was I was actually sort of always looking at um, going to St Andrews for university and mm. um, that I'd, I'd applied and got in, and um, but then sort of the, the college golf route in America seemed yeah. to make the most sense. All of the professionals that I'd looked up to, that was the route that they'd gone. Through, so it made made the most sense at the time. And financially, it's better, I would imagine. Yes, it? yeah. Yes. <laughs> they pay the lot. Don't it's, it's exactly. A yeah. Big mm. leap to comedy though from university college yeah. golf. How, how did that all come about? <laughs> um, well, America uh, living there gave, gave me a lot of stories. Thankfully, um, mm. 
But um, yeah, I actually um, it wasn't it wasn't an immediate leap. I um, after I stopped stopped playing golf, uh, which was basically as soon as I uh, left left America, um, I I decided it was about time I got got a real job. Um, mm. So I became an accountant for a couple of years, right. um, <laughs> and then realised I wasn't wasn't suited to the to that life. So did you do any comedy in the states before you came back? No, no, none at all. Um, yeah, I'd kind of uh, comedy had just always been like a something I I really enjoyed and I, every time I went to golf tournaments I'd kind of be watching watching stand up in my hotel room but it was never it was never something I thought about realistic right. uh, that was realistic and I didn't think I could be the the girl that spent 14 years trying to be a professional golfer and then and then went off and tried to be a comedian so, so. what was the catalyst then for trying out you took the first open spot or whatever you did um I, I guess it was I, I I wasn't enjoying being an accountant right. um and um I uh I, my mum kind of pushed me she 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 realized it was what I wanted to do before I realized it was what I wanted to do wow. um and yeah she actually my my first uh my first open spot um was just a gig that I went to with with my mum and um just I it was me trying to just like see what it was what it was like um and then the mc did a bit of crowd work with my mum and she said that i wanted to be a comedian he he said there was a dropout so very very impromptu first gig wow. which is no wow. pressure then yeah I mean, it's, it's better really than spending two or three weeks worrying about did you have material you must have done exactly well yeah it was it was definitely better than um yeah. having worried yeah. about it because it was something i wanted to do and i'd had a had a sad little notebook of jokes for a while okay. <laughs> so i was i was ready ready writing wise and i guess i needed the push performance-wise. And that's probably, on that basis, that's a crowd that's kind of on your side because, they're, you know, with respect, their expectations are low. This is somebody who's somebody to come out of the audience and you've gone on. You've obviously done pretty well because here you are, you're still doing it. But yeah. was that the gigs two, three, four and five? Did that start to get tougher or not? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely you never feel a crowd more on your side than when, when they're kind of expecting you to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, it was kind of... Um, yeah, <laughs> downhill from there, was it, I guess? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now everybody, every comedian says that. I mean, you know, a lot of them say, first gig went down a storm and I thought, I've cracked this. It's a bit like mm. golf, isn't it? You, <laughs> you hit a great shot and you think, oh, I've cracked this, and then the next one's a duffer. So exactly. it's just, you just don't know, do you? Exactly, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I'd say there's yeah a lot of lot of parallels between the two, I guess. Yeah. Money's of... not quite as good in comedy. Well, yeah. not initially anyway. <laughs> yeah, Unless you want to get on the live golf comedy circuit. <laughs> exactly. That's, qu that's quite... That's quite <laughs> won't be very one. funny, that one. It <laughs> <laughs> won't be yeah. very funny, but the money's great. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could do it. I'm not talking ethically, just couldn't, couldn't bear to be around Greg Norman. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, with a couple of things. Uh, Andy predominantly wants to uh, talk about the your website and the fact that you've got white, white small white text on a pink it's background. Not, it's not aimed is, at me, is it? Yeah, it's, but it's yeah, it's a bit like uh, Subway sandwiches being sort of catnip for young people. I think I think maybe white on pink because like, Andy's struggling to read your website. I, Tiny first, font. first thing I do after I leave here will be <laughs> edit. <laughs> website editing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's some... You tell us you've got a new show that you're taking to Edinburgh, aren't you? Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's um, called Just a Normal Girl Who Enjoys Revenge, which is um, quite quite, <laughs> quite a mouthful. A <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, it's essentially just me um, reading off a list of everyone that's wronged me in the past. And <laughs> <laughs> some, some characters come out of um, South Carolina. My, my coach is in there. Um, wow. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of stories about 
my days playing golf. Oh, okay. I've got a feeling Edinburgh's going to be fantastic this year. It's going to be a real the joy of being back. Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People coming back to live gigs. Yeah, I think from the comedian side of things, all Will of this us be are your really first excited. one. Yeah, um, I've I've done it before as um like a doing like a split bill and spots mm. and whatnot here and there, but um this is my first solo hour, so. Really, and really you've excited. you've just started playing golf again. We asked you if you're still playing, but there's there's a, you're you're putting a podcast together. Is that right? Yes, um, me and a comedian friend of mine, um, Stuart McPherson, as um, we're um, we both we have quite a similar background in that we um, both both comedians now both um, both grew up playing golf competitively. Um, he he's slightly more fond of the game. Uh, nowadays than I am yeah. um, I um, but we we, we we kind of realized that um, all of our friends especially comedian friends um, with nothing else to do with their time uh, t- turning 30 and picking up the game um, and so we're um, yeah starting starting a podcast that we're calling the green room and just chatting to um, comics about about their newfound love of the game and then chatting to um, oh golfers as well and yeah it used to be a, a thousand years before you were born there used to be this pro celebrity golf tv show where you'd get you know, you'd, and, yeah but, <laughs> it, it, uh, in effect, but yes. then you'd get you know get the old school the, the, the ronnie corbett's etc etc the bruce forsyth <laughs> playing in playing on tv i mean you still have pro-ams but and you still have kind of celebrities involved mm. in tournaments but this was big t- they should bring it back bring it back for the well, new way and dex sort of brought it back didn't they, they did that's yeah, right they yeah. did it yeah they kind of yeah, celebrity been involved that's with that. that. That's I, 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 I'd, I'd love to use my all of my years of golf finally, finally <laughs> paying useful, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Yeah, you could uncheck some of those out on YouTube. I mean, because they, they, they'd be doing, yeah. they'd be doing a bit while they were out on the golf course. You know, all these comedians, they'd, they'd shoehorn some. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, so what? So you, has it been a bit like riding a bike when you did start playing again? Are you, have you found you're still pretty good? Um, I. Short game still. I, I expect it to be the other way around, but short game still good. I mean, I was I was always stronger with with my short game than I was with um, my long game. Um, but yeah, putting was absolutely fine. Uh, Stuart had had a well, Stuart still still beat me just one up, but I'll, I'll get him next time. Um, <laughs> but we had a little putting competition, um, and that was came came back came back like it was like it was yesterday. But iron play was rough. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, you're doing some warm-up gigs for Edinburgh, I take it? Yes, um, yeah, lots of lots of previews um, up in Edinburgh and down in down London and yeah, in different places in the country until yeah. until August. Yeah, now you can find it on your website. Well, you can anafairweathercomedy dot com, which will be a lot easier to read in the next few hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll be updating it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the desktop version is perfect, I promise. <laughs> uh, well, look, good to meet you, Hannah. We, we wish you, you well, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, good luck, good luck uh, with uh, Edinburgh, and I'm I'm sure we'll chat again. And best luck with the podcast. When's that? When's that going to be going up? Um, we're just started recording so okay. um planning to get it out as soon as basically uh, before before the open is our plan so okay. in the next next few weeks really the green room yeah. okay yeah good to see you thanks yeah. for coming in thank you so much for having me town affair with this paul hawksby and andy jacobs here on talk sports uh lots more to come between now and four you're listening to the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yes, here we go again. It's not really the Clips of the Week. It is Clips of the Week pewter from 2009. That dusty box yes. of old mini discs. Not you know, putrid. No, not putrid. Well, we hope not. We've not heard them since. Oh. We, our producer uh, chooses these. We've not heard them since. It's all new to us. They're from 2009. They were gathering dust in the corner. He, he dusted them down. And with his old trusty <laughs> mini disc player, he must be the only person in the world still one out there, dumps these Thank down, digitises them for us. <laughs> And it uh, gives us a few more. A few familiar names from the past will uh, pop up, I'm sure, in these dozen clips. Andy, do you want to kick us off? I do. Uh, we kick off with a caller talking about a colleague of ours here at Talk Sport. Stuart Pearce is Stuart Pearce. Stuart, you're not going to get more of a man-man than, than Stuart Pearce. You're not going to get more of a man-man than Stuart Pearce, which I think was the title of Stuart's autobiography. <laughs> he's uh, quite a man-man, though. Oh, he's I know, he's, I know very, much, he's very much a man-man. Yeah. Um, and he's back tomorrow night, co-commentate yeah. on the game against uh, Hungary. Yeah. On TalkSport. This is uh, Alan Brazil struggling with those American names. We've just been talking a wee bit about the Arsenal there, and this guy, Cranky. <laughs> if only, if only it had been. I love I Jeanette Some Arsenal Cronky. fans probably would have preferred Jeanette Cronky <laughs> to have gone in there. The Cronkies. Yeah. yeah, they would have been better. Uh, here's Derek Tomo Thompson with some European football chat. Yeah, I mean, they were on Saturday. They were in cruise mode. 4-0 victory over Atletico Bilbao on Saturday. So, um, yeah, who do you fancy there, Alan? Eric Tomo Thompson. That, <laughs> What's that, that was Ronnie Arani. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> the producer says, Where that is, is my fault. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Brilliant. Fair enough. Okay, well, that was, uh, that was Ronnie being... It's not often they get mistaken, the pair of them. Um, anyway, that's a clip in itself. This is Mike Parry talking showbiz. She was on Footballers' Wives, absolutely yeah. right. So you can imagine how glamorous she, she would be to, to have been in that show. And as you, as you quite rightly say, um, Anton Deck is one of the best-known figures on Certainly Come Down to, very elegant, you know, very mature. And, Anton De Beck, Anton, Anton Deck. Anton Deck. <laughs> Even by for Parry, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the moose now for some sports news. 
Finally, cricket and England all rounder Paul Conning was withdrawn from the Champions League and the team he was meant to play for, the Dare Delhi Delhi Devils. The Dare Delhi Devils? Delhi 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 Devils. Fantastic, well done. Uh, here's Ian Danter now, uh, going to the lines. John in Altrigham has a different point of view. He's called 08717 Hello, John. Morning, John. Hello. <laughs> Good night. Yes, an Igor Monichev, but a, 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 yeah. And uh, this is Mike Graham also taking a call. Andy is in Glasgow. Hello, Andy. Mike, 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 Mike. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I do like Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, Mike. Hello. Hello. Uh, Don McGuinness now with a slightly dark um, update from the football. Brilliant play from Andy Reid. He was the subject of a lunge by Darren Fletcher. He was booked posthumously. Really? Well, he must have been a bad tackle. God, not dear. match points. He's not going to serve a suspension, is no, he? No, no that's, that is very true. No point giving him a card. Here's Mike Perry getting his wires crossed with a guest. I work away uh, on the rigs, and everyone I know watches the games free online. Any right. game you want from all around the world. Is that right? Well, you've just got to find the right website, have you? You have a certain website you go on. I won't name them. But no, OK. But tell me, what you're basically saying is you could be sitting on an oil rig in the middle of the North Sea, 80-foot yeah. waves crashing over the, the rig, you know, uh, storm well, clouds I mean, above, eh? I'm in, I'm in the middle of a desert in Libya. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful image, though. The North Sea it took us, it took us uh, to Scotland, but it, it wasn't to be. Um, so, back to the callers now. Here's one uh, to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend. Steve, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Mike and Andy. Um, Andy, I've, I've met you. Uh, I won't say where. You used to stay in a hotel in the Cotswolds. All oh, right. Oh, okay. All right. I was the chap who sorted you out with Wellingtons. Really? <laughs> You'll never forget that, will you? <laughs> of and I think it was in, and I think it was one of the main chapters in Andy Townsend's autobiography. <laughs> the fella in the Lake District who sorted him out with Wellington. Cotswolds, yeah, was, but never mind. It was on Cotswolds. Yes, yeah, sorry. It was one of those. I it was one. Of, I do get confused between those mm. picturesque holiday destinations. Um, so what's next? It's a very youth, youthful sounding Andy Goldstein now throwing to our late great cricket reporter Jack Bannister. That's my excitement, that is. It was a Jack Bannister who can get us out of this mess, Jack. 255 for five. There it is. <laughs> That's an all time classic. Yeah, good old Jack. A little bit of crisp. A bit of crisp caught in there. <laughs> we still say that around 250. Yeah, we, we miss him. He's a good man. Uh, and finally, uh, here's Adrian Durham speaking to a first time and possibly last time caller. Uh, let's speak to uh, Ket, who's a Liverpool fan, first timer. Hi, mate. You're on Talk Sport. Hi there, good evening. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> no need for that. These were good. <laughs> so there we are. So just randomly pick from September, October uh, 2009, with apologies to Tomo and to Ronnie Irani. <laughs> but apart so. from that, everything went quite smoothly. <laughs> and we'll dig, well, yeah, we'll uh, dust off a few mm. more clips uh, of the week pewter. Uh, anyway, I'm sure that brought back memories of a man who was around in those days. Daily Our cricket podcast. correspondent John Norman watching England play New Zealand at Trent Bridge. John, few familiar voices there. Yeah, great to hear, eh? Good old Jack Bannister. Uh, um, I used to bug the hell out of him when he was on. Do you know what? I could still remember his phone number up until about two years ago. Oh. Um, I used to dial because we used to dial it from the uh, from the producer's seat, didn't I? When he used to. 
produce your show, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And other ones, the Pope Pope quiz and all that. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pope. <laughs> yeah. No one calls you the Pope anymore. No one, is it? Maybe no one got... called me the Pope before. <laughs> <laughs> Can I you don't... remember how that came up? No, well? no. Can you okay. remember so, how you end up getting the nickname of the Pope? I do remember. Mm. And what it was, was it was... If you can hear like a faint howling behind me, by the way, it's because there's some drip. It sounds like it's like the wind whistling through yeah, the. It's uh, like a ghost. You're going to tell us a ghost story. A ghost story, yeah. <laughs> Dave, Scooby Doo. Dave Allen. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, essentially, so it was. It must have been back in about 2009, and oh, <laughs> Young's nearly played onto his off stump. Um, what, in more 2009. <laughs> don't, don't let the cricket get in the way of this, John. Please, for goodness' sorry, sake. Sorry, sorry. So anyway, yeah. it's 2009. Mm. And uh, you, uh, you've you've got uh, a, new, a brand new production team brought yeah. to the brought mm. to the table. Myself yeah. and former Drive Time H and J producer, the librarian. Oh yes, Anthony oh, D'Angelo. Yeah. So anyway, mm. we all head off to the nearby uh, nearby pub with the big pad out just to put together some some new ideas for the show. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that came up was um, the fact that the production team should you know be mentioned on air. Oh. And Andy, you hated the idea. You were like, that's ridiculous. You know, I hate anything that's contrived. You know, what are we going to do? We're going to start calling you, I don't know, the Pope? (laughs) (laughs) And 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 the answer was yes, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Because I then became the Pope. You then became the Pope. How I became the Pope, John Norman's (laughs) new autobiography. (laughs) You'll be signing copies at Waterstones in Nottingham at six o'clock this evening. Or Lord's. Lord's in the museum. I would have preferred the Lord. Mm. The Lord would have been much better. The Lord would have been better. Mm. So, yeah, and they lead by 108 now, uh, John. And yeah, we do, I mean, we could do... This could have been the chief rabbi. Just to to improve Andy's mood, we could do with a couple of wickets. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, it's not going particularly well. Uh, ben Stokes brought himself on, by the way, his first bowl. And actually, he, he was England's best bowler in the first morning. He brought himself on then and uh, and he took a quick wicket. It's what England need if they're going to have any chance, really, of even making this a contest. Um, problems at the other end, though. Jack Leach, his eight overs have gone for 38. He was hit for three fours in the last cool. over. And just the body language of the uh, the bowler and the players. You know, we were talking about Brendan McCullum types of player earlier, yeah. weren't we? Moeen Ali, yes. Joss Butler, yes. Jack Leach, well, he needs some wickets. That's all I'm saying. New Zealand's lead stretched past 100. They now could put the pressure back on England, of course, tomorrow at some point. If they continue like this, uh, both Conway and Young in the 40s. New Zealand 95 for one. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, just a reminder, you can hear coverage of Leicester Tigers versus Saracens in the Gallagher Premiership Final live on TalkSport this Saturday. Uh, Myself and Andy will bring you all the pre-match build-up from 12 from the famous Grouse Clubhouse, followed by live coverage of the main event from Twickenham Stadium from 2. Yes, and we'll be. Where are we? Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't I'll give enough, you the last mate. line. Is it enough for two? <laughs> Clearly not. That's all thanks to the famous Grouse, the UK's number one whiskey. Oh, yeah, that all went rather smoothly, I thought, I thought breaking yeah, up that, yeah. that particular read. <laughs> anyway, it's a nice, uh, uplifting tale uh, from uh, the northeast. Um, a, a team in Zambia was struggling uh, for equipment uh, uh, and the Newcastle fans, or one in particular, has stepped in, rallied the troops and they uh, have gone, I think, from Start FC to the Mafue uh, Mags. That's their yeah. new name. They wear they wear the black and white stripes. Uh, here to tell us more is uh, Crispin Mason-Jones, a Newcastle fan who helped them out. Crispin, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. That's a, yeah, lovely story, this. So tell us how you got involved and tell us a bit about the team that uh, that you have been supporting. OK. Um, my wife, Ellie, was a, is, a, is a doctor but was born and grew up in Zambia. Um, and she was overworking as a volunteer for a few months. And I went over to see her, really, and she was in a place called Mufui, which is a very rural, backward part of um, northeastern Zambia. And while we were there, um, learnt of a uh, this football team, Start FC, who had grown out of a, an arts charity called Start, from the Start Foundation, which basically uh, uses art to help kids to um, get back it all, to pay for their education, or at least school uniforms and that kind of thing. Um, but the team were in uh, dire financial straits. And in fact, the night I learned about them, they were about to be told the next day that the funding had stopped and they, they weren't going to be able to travel to away games. Um, two of my life's passions are, are art and football. So um, it seemed like a no-brainer for me as I entered retirement to, uh, to try and help out. Nice one, yeah, brilliant. And uh, I've seen the pictures. You, they, they've got Newcastle Strip, so presumably you, you organise that too. Yeah, yes. Um, so I, uh, some friends who are keen Newcastle fans uh, very kindly stepped up and said they would sponsor the team, but there was a condition, and that was that they, um, they played in black and white. So um, that wasn't a, a difficult decision to make. So we, um, we took the gear over in um, uh, March, April, um, and took all the strip and a load of netball gear for the girls and footballs and black and white striped nets and, you know, everything, really. Um, and provided uh, them with that. And at that point, they became or were nicknamed the Mafui Mags. They do remain Start FC, but they are now just known as the Mafui Mags here and locally in, in Zambia. To make the story even sweeter, it would be great if I used to play in red and white stripes and there were Foo Wei Mackhams <laughs> before. <laughs> well, was, I must confess, and uh, people will be shouting at me for doing this, that the Beacon of Light very kindly donated footballs in the first instance. Oh. Because of those footballs that we um, uh, were able to get an introduction, we, we found our way to start FC because my wife works in Sunderland. Right, so, OK. Oh, that's nice. Well, it's yeah. a kind of cross. It's a, a cross between the two clubs. Which yeah, quite is, a lot of your lovely. fellow Newcastle fans have been involved, haven't they, as well? Yes. Um, so I, I did um, quite a lot of. Well, I, I went on a just giving page and um, and set up uh, a fundraising for that and a crowdfunding page, which people have been extremely generous um, and happily continue so to be because uh, what we've established is now that the the senior teams in the, both the football and the netball um, are going very well and have been promoted and been invited to join a new league for the, the girls in um, Chipata, which is about 100 kilometres drive away. And uh, 100 kilometres in rural Zambia is not the same as 100 kilometres in the northeast. Mm. Um, so the funds or the cost of that transport has gone up dramatically. Um, and actually, we need to raise about five grand or just over five grand a year just to keep those two teams playing. Um, but what we're also trying to do is build a club structure because there are about 100 kids at the moment and counting uh, who, want to, who want to play um, at all age groups. So we're trying to now raise money to actually build a club structure um, so that we can support under-12s and under-15s and probably under-17s. 
um, at, while the senior teams continue, the, the, because they are at the moment their oldest player is 19, and they have a few 15-year-olds playing in a in a senior men's league. Mm. So um, they're doing they're they're punching certainly. But the hope is that they will stay together and and continue to improve as they get sort of physically stronger. And are the club themselves, Newcastle United, they are they aware of this story? Had any uh, input um, from them? I'm hoping they're going to be soon. Mm. Um, they're not at the moment, no. But um, it would be it would be lovely if they were. Yeah. Um, even just for you know secondhand kit or or anything that that they could spare that we could take out because these guys have you know you, you can't begin to imagine you know they're playing in bare feet they were playing with in bare chests um, and they have nothing really nothing they've been the the area survives almost well it's subsistence farming and tourism because there's a fantastic national park there if anyone gets the chance go and visit south Luangwa national park um but uh they have had a really tough couple of years as mm. you can imagine because the tourism just died completely yeah so look if anybody mm. if, if the club are listening all, all the better and I'm, hopefully they can help uh, but uh, in the meantime on the uh, the uh, just giving page what are the details if people I'm sure a lot of Newcastle fans now they're wearing your colours or want to help if they can. Okay, well, there's a couple of things. There's uh, Just Giving. If you just search Start Art on the Just Giving page, it'll link to us. Yeah. But alternatively, it is um, www.justgiving.com mm-hmm. forward slash crowdfunding yeah. forward slash start dash art. Okay. Well, we'll put out the link from the from our um, Twitter feed as well, so people can uh, can link through from there. But uh, lovely. Thank you, you very much. It's a great pleasure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just cutting you off. Could I also just say that if people are interested, there are a couple of YouTube clips um, on YouTube. If you just search Mafui Mags, they'll come up with a couple of films that we've made about it. Nice one. And uh, excited about uh, the forthcoming season? Is it going to spend oh, yeah. a few quid? Yes, I'm very excited. My son particularly is, is off the scale with it. Mm. Uh, Spends his life, and he's he's old enough to know better. Spends his whole life wandering around singing Bruno songs. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, everything crossed. Brilliant. Uh, good to talk to you. It's a lovely story, Christmas. Thanks very much. We hope people go and check it out. Say so we'll put a link through so that they can help if they can. Good to talk to you. Dan, thank you. That's really kind. And thanks for the coverage and the exposure. No worries. Chris in Mason Jones there, Newcastle fan. Start art. If you just put that in, just giving, you'll find it. So we will put the link out at TS Agent J. If you want to help the Mafue mags. And yes, hope yeah, so the club are listening. Anyway, um, let's head back to Trent Bridge. It's T. T. That's right. Let's uh, see how things are with John Norman. Well, 114 for two, New Zealand. Uh, the players troop off uh, with uh, the lead now up to 128. Will Young, 49 not out. And uh, Henry Nichols, three not out. The one wicket to fall in the session, that of Devon Conway, who picked out Johnny Bairstow at deep square leg. Top edge sweep, giving a much needed wicket to Jack Leach, who thought he'd had a two in and over. Uh, when Henry Nichols' third ball tried to reverse sweep him. Um, uh, all the fielders went up and the bowler, only for the ball to have shown to have hit the arm rather than the bat. Uh, I think this game is starting to drift a little, that wicket right at the end of the session, maybe given uh, just a renewed hope we might get a result out of this pitch. But uh, truth be told, 
Um, a pitch that has only given up, what, 22 wickets in uh, nearly four days. It's unlikely we're going to see a result from here on in. Still, you never know. Um, England uh, will need to make heavy inroads. New Zealand, of course, they are a bowler light. Cole Jameson, he won't bowl again, I don't think. So uh, what kind of target, if any, will they look to set tomorrow? Not sure, but uh, a draw certainly uh, more of a favoured result now than uh, possibly it was a couple of hours ago. Uh, no real surprises, though. New Zealand at T on day four, lead by 128. They're 114 for two. Thanks very much, John. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to Royal Ascot. We're going to bring you three races a day for the rest of the week uh, with Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. And uh, Rupert will set the scene. We'll touch on the golf and a bit of football as well with Rupert in a few moments. Time to have a get four o'clock. Adrian Durham and Andy Townsend are here with Drive. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Our uh, plan is to do it all again tomorrow. Charlie Baker will be here. It's an England match day, of course. There'll probably still be some cricket on. We'll have three live races from Ascot. So do hope you can join myself and Charlie. Uh, he'll be here Tuesday and Wednesday. Andy, uh, back on Thursday. Thanks for listening. And Friday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.